and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And before we begin, a word from our sponsor, Neptune. Now that my extension plans are getting underway... I can start to think about my perfect dream kitchen and I'm naturally starting with the colours. I've been having a look at Neptune's colour card for inspiration. Now, I remember last time I visited your house, way back before lockdown, feels like a century ago, (laughs) um, you mentioned a saffron yellow kitchen. Are you still on that? Oh, well, I couldn't wait. So uh, I've just gone ahead actually and designed my bathroom using that yellow. Um, So I'm open to uh, completely new ideas. And since you've been unleashed colour-wise during lockdown from your normal palette of tasteful chocolate and pale pink, have you got any colour inspirations for me? I've only been mentally unleashed, not really (laughs) really unleashed. I mean, there are so many gorgeous colour, aren't there? And I like the fact that Neptune actually only gives you 28 and they all complement each other because I think you can get so bogged down in the tiny differences between all the shades. Sometimes it's just better to keep it simple. However, if you're anything like me and find it impossible to keep things simple, what I love about a Neptune kitchen is that you can have the inside of the cupboards painted one colour And the exterior doors painted another. I mean, the possibilities are endless. I actually have done that with my chocolate brown and my tasteful pale pink. But (laughs) Neptune do add new colours seasonally. And you can also choose from their archive as well. So to see the full range of colours, check out their website at Neptune.com. Now, we're going to do things a little differently this episode. We have our regular style surgery where we'll be looking at the benefits of gloss paint and where to apply it. But we don't have an interview this time. Instead, we're going to properly hog the limelight ourselves and have a a good old natter and a deep dive into kitchens and bathrooms, including my own epic bathroom renovation and some invaluable insights from Living Etc.'s Basola Evans, who is a self-confessed kitchen and bathroom obsessive. All right, so the big question then is, have you banished the beige from your bathroom? I seem to recall that was brown tiles, brown floor. Did it actually have a brown bath or was the beige just kind of bouncing off every other surface and making the whole thing look like a bowl of porridge, basically? Yes, Yes, it was like that. Get your oats in here. I can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. As you were saying. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it was beige, beige on beige and it just had, you know, white basin, white bath, white WC, la la la, all very, very ordinary. And um, it's taken me four years to get round to renovating the bathroom because they're quite expensive to do, to be fair. You've got to buy a lot of kit, flooring. We've done underfloor heating, new tiles, new wall tiles. And obviously you've got plumber, electrician, carpenters. You get quite a lot of trades involved. So for the smallest room in our house, it's up there costing us the most money, which I think is why it's taken us so long to get around of it. But oh my, 
Have I ever banned the beige with my bathroom? <laughs> I've got loads of colour in it. We started off with the wet room, which we took away. And this is quite an interesting topic to discuss. We decided to get rid of the tray and the screen. It's a particularly small room and just make it one big open plan. I say big. I mean, literally, it's two metres by one metre, this room. Make it a wet room that also has a cloakroom basin and a WC in it. So already it's feeling and appearing much more spacious than it really is. My whole design was based around this incredible cement tile that I got from Capietra, which had blue, pink and yellow in it. And then I discovered that (laughs) Burlington, who are quite an established ceramics brand here, were doing pink sanitary wear. So I accompanied my yellow tiles with a pink WC and basin and nothing is sparking me more joy in my home right now. It is the happiest room in the house. It is. It's quite full on, isn't it? I have to say. It's very full on, but it's a shower room. It's actually the the family bathroom. It's the room my son uses. He is loving the pink loo, by the way. But I wanted it to feel really joyous and uplifting because that's what the shower room's all about. It's usually a place to freshen up. Exactly that, freshen up. You're not in there that long. Whereas with the bathroom, you might have a relaxing bath or be in there a bit longer. But I think one of the key points somebody said to me once when thinking about bathroom decoration, which is so obvious, but I'm not sure we stop to think about it. It's where you start and end your day. So it's really key that, you know, you have the right mood, that it makes you happy in there because it's, you know, it's crucial to the mood of the day. And yet it is often so small. Do you want a stat? Oh, great. Give yes, love stat, stat. Lovely stat. How about this? So the average British bathroom is 2.4 by 1.5 metres. And if you think that the size of a standard bath is 1.7 by 700, that's tight. I mean, there isn't a lot of space. I mean, it's like, you know, the size of two double mattresses next to each other. So you've got to get a lot of function into that very small space. And, you know, if you're being that practical, maybe, I'm not saying I'm rushing out to buy a pink loo, but potentially the colour is the main place where you can bring the personality in. Yeah, and I went for yellow because it's such an uplifting and invigorating and happy colour. And I, I think that's lovely what you said about the start and the end of the day. And I think that positive positive happy colour is where you want to start and where you want to end right and it is a get-go room you're not spending hours in there whereas in the main bathroom that's got the tub in it I've turned the vibrancy of the colour right down so again we're using the colour yellow but it's going towards a more straw it's got a lot more brown in this yellow oh steady brown Sophie I know well the undercurrent brown is it beige it's certainly not beige (laughs) browns have a very grounding effect on us psychologically so I wanted to go for a a brown yellow not beige Um, and also thinking about when I was using this room. So typically, if I'm going to take a bath, it'll be in the evening. And a deeper, darker colour actually looks lovely with that evening light. So it's a, it is a muddier colour. And I've gone for wall sconces with silk shades. I kind of wanted to like living room up my bathroom. I thought, right, this bathroom that doesn't have a shower in it. So it is the room with the tub in that I'm going to use in the evening to relax in. I wanted to design it like I would my living room. So all the same feeling. So fabrics at the window. I've even got a uh, a curtain around my basin. <laughs> I'm not. You see, I'm, I, I can't. Is that too far for you? I can't. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, just to sort of rewind a little bit, I think 
you have a separate shower room and bathroom. I think most people probably have to get the two in one. And, you know, it, we didn't even really start showering in this country till the 90s. Can you sort of imagine? It was all baths. So we have these small bathrooms. Most people don't have a walk-in shower, so they've got to have their shower over the bath which means a shower screen or a shower curtain. Maybe you can go there with your curtains. You can get some amazing shower curtains now, can't you? Which maybe brings in that softness. You can do that or you you can get like a, a bog standard shower curtain and then add fabric. The idea for me was I had a fabric blind at the window. I've got this fabric around the basin. It was just to soften all the hard lines because I think if you want a room where you want to relax and unwind, that's why, again, I've got like silk lampshades. It was all about bringing softness of fabric. And I think bathrooms can get a bit hard surface. If you've got tiles on the floor and on the walls and, a, you know, harsh lighting and a square-edged tub, before you know it, it's all a bit sort of like sanitarium, isn't it? The whole f- experience. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, and I, I really like the idea of creating a room in which you bathe but I'm drawing the line at the curtain around the basin. I think that's 280s for me. Maybe that's my age showing I can't go back. I can see objectively in a photograph, I might like it, might look really pretty on Instagram, but I will bring in softness in a different way. So I would have vintage wood, maybe a vintage wooden stool or some old wooden shelves and plants. I totally agree with you with the need for softness, but I'm going to do it more with wood and old wood than than soft fabrics. Although I like the idea of a silk wall light. That sounds quite fun. Yeah, no, it's really good. Pookie have started doing them. So um, Pookie, you know, are really famous for their beautiful silk uh, lampshades and they now do a IP rated bathroom wall sconce and you can have any of their shades with it so I was That's literally like very in the, cool oh it's like being in the sweet shop but I think it's those little details rather than just going for that sort of standard bathroom, bathroom light. Light. well I think yeah, most people most people myself included tend to have spotlights on bathroom ceilings because it's practical. I mean, mine are on a dimmer. Yes. So essential. at least you can change the mood. But yeah, I'm really coming around to the idea of wall lights in the bathroom. Well, not that I yeah, wasn't I've gone around for both. to I've yeah. got I've got the overhead spots just for glare yeah. if someone loses a contact lens. Otherwise, it's the wall sconces on a dimmer. It's all about the lighting, I think, in a bathroom. Yeah. Again, that can help create a lot of softness with the lighting. So you must really think about that too. Another really good tip I picked up along the way is if you are having a bath, given that baths are standard sizes, if you have to have your shower over your bath or in your bath, then try and buy a bath where one end of it is vertical because that gives you more standing space. You know, sometimes if you have a bath, which is oh, kind of... Rather than a roll top. Yeah, mean. or rather than a tub shape where the ends kind of branch out, you're sort of losing standing space. If you can have one end vertical, that gives you more space to stand. And also a thin bath, because obviously that's going to give you more room to lie in, but it's not going to take up more room within the room. No. We've got a bath which has a very wide rim. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, that'll be lovely to rest my glass of wine. But actually, the space within the bath is quite narrow. Potentially, that's my lockdown diet. But I feel (laughs) that it's quite a narrow bath. Um, That's not a problem with the bath game. The bath's got smaller. (laughs) It's not me. (laughs) <laughs> there is a point in there somewhere, but you you used to not be able to get those narrow baths. It's quite a modern, I think it's the technology's got better, hasn't it? So you can have a thinner bath shell and have more space within the bath, whether you've been on a lockdown diet or not. And 
Talking of baths, again, if you have a shower over the top, one tip is that if you buy an acrylic bath, which are often the cheapest ones, they will flex as you stand on them over time and they will drop. So you can end up with a leak between the wall and the silicon joint. So if you have a small bathroom and you need to have a shower over, then think about getting a resin bath or a steel bath, which is more rigid and that will last a bit longer and you won't have that problem with it dropping and having leaks. And obviously we haven't mentioned wall-mounted basins and loos in small bathrooms. The more floor, the bigger the space. It's easier to clean round as well. Yeah, no, that's really good. And what are your thoughts on uh, wet rooms versus baths? I mean, we have talked about this in a previous episode that if you've got a really tiny bathroom and you can't have a separate bath and shower, do you go for the shower over the bath or do you just have a lovely walk-in shower and no bath? Well, we've done that in the boys' bathroom. So we have a big shower with a glass screen between it and the loo. And it feels much more luxurious as a space to use rather than having a bath sort of squished into it with a shower over. Because I have to say, I am not a fan of the shower curtain. It just feels like it's trying to assassinate you. It sort of wraps itself all around you. You get stuck. And then the whole thing is just, I find them quite terrifying. So I'd rather have a a clear shower screen or maybe dump the bath. But I know it's controversial dumping baths. So I think you've just got to look at how you use your house. Just decorate it for how you want to live in and how you do live um, and get the most out of it. It could be somebody else's problem to put a bath in if that's what they need later on down the road. So I said at the top of the show that we were going to speak to Basola Evans, who's the associate editor of Living Etc., which is a magazine here in the UK, which is always abreast of the latest trends. And of course, they're always working months in advance as well. Um, Basola's Instagram account as well, at Basola Evans, uh, she spends a lot of time sharing beautiful pictures. Oh, I don't know where she finds them. They are amazing, aren't they? So we thought she'd be the perfect person to go to. Just give us a bit of insight into what she sees as an industry expert coming out in terms of trends when we look at bathroom design. So head up curve, she says, has been a big trend in interiors as a whole and has made its way into the bathroom. So we are seeing more curved baths, sinks, mirrors, tiles, all which help balance the straight lines often found in bathrooms and helps it look more welcoming. And oh, I can't wait to share these with you, Kate. She also says curtains, headline. Oh, God. <laughs> the eye roll I'm going to have to have a word. Me. I'm going to have to have oh. a word. I wish people could have just seen that eye roll. That was absolutely brilliant. (laughs) So uh, Basola says there is a strong move towards textiles in the bathroom to soften the space. And I'm seeing more relaxed curtains, both as a window treatment and on a ceiling mounted rail over a freestanding bath. Again, all part of the move to make bathrooms less clinical and inject more personality. I'm interrupting. Nowhere, nowhere does she say (laughs) curtains round basins. She's not saying that. No, she's not. Windows. I'm I'm pushing the envelope even further. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. I'm getting curtains everywhere in my bathroom. (laughs) And then uh, finally, this is going to be your final bitter pill you're going to have to swallow. She says, coloured sanitary wear. (laughs) I've got a black loo. You have, you have, you have indeed. She says, this has been a slow burn over the last couple of years. And to be fair, you got your black loo, didn't you, over Before you. Yes. Yes, all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a competition. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Anyway, 
Okay, she says, but coloured sanitary wear is growing in popularity and many brands are including them in their collections. Um, she's a particular lover of the confetti pink, she says, and it's all about bringing fun and colour into what can often be, as I've already said during this segment, a very sterile space. My prediction is that we will see more coloured basins and loos in kind of downstairs cloakrooms where people, I think, are beginning to feel more confident about dramatic wallpaper and changes. But I think it will be slow to come to bathrooms, if at all. I think people are, sti are going to stick with a white bath. If you're battling your own bathroom update and could do with some inspiration or potentially just some distraction, then there is absolutely tons of good sense, support and creativity on the Great Indoors Facebook group. A few of the examples that caught my eye. Colbera Vazdotir, she must be from Iceland, has created a really bright, clean look with white and gold on what looks like a rather fabulous bird-shaped light. Oh yeah, I saw that on the Facebook page. Gorgeous. Exactly. I mean, it comes back to the lighting. Have fun with the lighting. Yeah. yeah, and it was quite a lovely, classic, trendy look. But then this bird-shaped wall light above the basin was just the thing that piqued the interest. Loved it. Very clever. And also Helen Barker is basking in the glow of her brass taps, another classic. Some black tiles, which are inlaid with iron. Intriguing. And a drawer unit, which she cut down from a much taller piece she bought at auction and changed the handles. And that's another thing I love about bathrooms. You know, if you have a countertop basin, you can just buy a table, a vintage table off eBay and cut a hole in the top and put your basin on that. And that, again, brings in the character if you're not ready for curtains round your <laughs> basin, a little bit of vintage wood will do the job very nicely, I think. <laughs> very sensible. <laughs> and of course, do come and chat to us on Instagram as well, where I'm Sophie Rob. <clears throat> Who and are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How even are you? I'm Sophie Robinson Interiors and she's mad about the house. Makes a change for you to forget your own name. Usually it's me forgetting your name. <laughs> Don't worry, she's gone giddy. It's all that talk about pink loose and basins. She's just gone completely giddy. Oh, do you know what? As it was going in, the plumber was fitting it. My husband just took me to one side and went, Sophie, you know, I'm really cool with this. Like it's going to look great and everything. But I just want to say I don't want any more pink in the house. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah. And he said, and when we do our extension, I don't want any pink in it. Well, you're going to need some, though, because of the old red thread. I know. And well, you're going to need a bit of pink to otherwise that extension's just going to look like you've stuck it on the back of the house. Well, exactly. With no, So, yeah, let's break it to him gently. What should Watch we have? Space. <laughs> We're all going to plan this together now, aren't we? The entire Great Indoors audience is now going to get involved about what is Sophie's little pink red thread that she can bring in her kitchen that Tom might not notice. It is. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I was kind of hoping on a pink kitchen, but he might have uh, he might have cut me to the Were quick on you? that one. Yeah, a I think pink so. kitchen. Pink and, yeah, pink and mustard. I was thinking could be nice, but I don't think I'll ever. Well, I've just done pink and mustard in the bathroom, haven't I? So I've used that colour scheme up. I tell you, who's got a fabulous pink kitchen is Sarah Brown. Sarah Brown Interiors on Instagram. It's an incredible pale pink kitchen, and she's got I think maybe a deeper red door or potentially the door going to the dining room is in a deeper red. It's just fabulous. If I I would always be scared of having a pink kitchen, but I look at hers and that could talk me into it. Although I've got pink walls in my kitchen. Yeah. Is it, is it a dusty pink? Is it a brown? Yeah, I mean, pink? it's a, yes. 
Not yeah. a candy pink. No, I couldn't do that. No, Although, do that. talking of candy pink kitchens, have you seen the recently refurbished kitchen of Quirk and Rescue? <gasps> Old Tanya. That's like neon, house. isn't well, it? Well, it's... it's bright pink and red her house is a location house so obviously we'll put the links up there because she's just redone her staircase in neon and her house is full of neon stripes and yellow and pink and orange and they've just redone the kitchen pink and red i bow down at her color altar because seriously she's got the hair to match as well though to be fair she is just absolutely maxing the color out she's fabulous and fearless and her instagram feed quirk and rescue is just a Feast for very grey eyes. But on the whole, I mean, we're, these are sort of two of the exceptional kitchens we're seeing. We spoke to Neptune, our sponsor, about what they're seeing in terms of kitchens. And they've said that their best-selling colour is a rather sort of deep, dark navy called ink. It's a beautiful colour, actually. And that's their best-selling, which I thought was interesting because there's all this talk of, you know, trends and using bright colours. But I think we're still perhaps quite classic when it comes to our kitchen cupboards. Well, a bit more conservative because they cost so much money, don't they, kitchens? They're a massive investment. And I think a lot of people will rein in with their kitchen because they think, oh, this isn't something I'm going to be switching up in three, four, five, six, seven years. This is something that I want to last longer than that. And so people try and be a little bit more classic. And I suppose, you know, ink, at least it's a colour. It's not grey or beige or white. But the other thing is, I mean, it's lovely. It also, it goes with every other colour because what they've also found, which is a bit more adventurous, and I am here for this, is that people are buying two different colours. Within the same So they might have their, yeah, they might have their base cabinets in, say, ink and then do their top cupboards or shelves in a different colour. And I think that's a really great idea. Yeah, help keep Because I think people worry about using dark colour, even though the dark colours have been really fashionable. They worry about that bringing the room in. But if you go dark on your base units and then go very light on the wall cabinets and maybe match that into the wall colour slightly, like do that blend where your wall cabinets blend into the wall colour. So they disappear, makes the room feel a bit bigger. It it can really help make the room feel bigger. Or, of course, that classic, having the islander colour. And the other thing Neptune mentioned was that brass taps and brass handles are by far the most popular choice, which I thought was really interesting because you actually just said brass taps were a classic in the bathroom segment. But I go to say that I think people still think that's pretty pretty trendy, isn't it? Having the brass. It's, a, it's interesting, it's a isn't it? Away yeah. from what I would say chrome is the go-to classic still. I thought for a while that I think brass was a trend, but I think How can I put this? Brass is a classic material, which I think went out of fashion because it tarnished. And I think people went off it. There was a a sort of period where people wanted chrome because it came shiny and it stayed shiny. And I think perhaps in the the 80s, we thought that brass tarnishing and developing that kind of aged patina was not what people wanted. So brass fell out of fashion. It's now come back into fashion because, funnily enough, we now like that natural ageing. So I would say, for me, brass is a classic that is having a bit of a fashion moment. Have I hedged enough bets for you there? Yeah, that's so much waffle. I do oh, think it's. About I the think 80s it's brass taps, all that blingy, blingy, bright gold. You forgot about that. Oh, I did forget that? about that. I did forget about that. 
I think brass is all right. I think people were, some people were worried about having brass because they thought it was going to go out of fashion and I don't think it will. I well, think also it was really expensive because be... I wanted brass as soon as it started being trendy and it was eye-wateringly expensive to get a brass tap. But like everything, all these things have are come coming down. down in price. Yeah, And definitely. I think and... it. I think it is a classic. I've got a black kitchen tap, actually. So Another... I've got a black kitchen tap. Matchy-matchy. Uh-huh. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> And interesting, lots of people go, oh, that must be awful. It must mark and stain and get lime scale on it. I don't have that problem, actually. No, mine's all right. I don't yeah. actually. The thing is, I I like a uh, pink tap. Yes, you can get those, can't you, pink taps? I yeah. know Dowsling Reynolds are doing pink taps, aren't they? They were very limited edition. They're quite candy, I, though, Kate, to be fair. I'm not sure they're your pink, are they're they? They're not that candy. I've got oh, one in my house, but have I haven't. Got it? What, you've hidden uh, it under a, the... In a box in my office because I can't persuade my husband oh, to install I love it. And you just like <laughs> pop it out one day when he's not I'm just he like, look at the tap. Yeah, I just kind of leave it lying around. I'm trying to acclimatise him to the colour. But get this, because I thought the kitchen's all sort of chocolate brown and pink, so that will work. And he looked at it and he said, that's the wrong pink. I don't like it. I'd rather have the minty green one. So, I mean, no, you know. No, no, what? No, no not oh, in no. your kitchen. That's just no. mental. No. Well, you know, I mean, we he's know all, where he's all very tap. good with the vetoes, and I'm on board with some of the mad husband's vetoes, but I don't <laughs> think he should be dishing out opinions like that. No. <laughs> he's got to rein that one in. Mint tap. Shall we find out what Basola had to say about kitchens? Yes. So, I thought this particular forecast was fascinating. This is going to be my drop the mic moment. Wall cabinetry. Just when we've all signed up to open shelving, wall cabinets are staging a comeback. But it's now all about having fronts that give the kitchen a similar airy feel. So we are talking about glass, fluted, textured, reeded styles are all gaining popularity as well as mesh fronts. The key is to obscure the view inside the cabinets more so it doesn't restrict organising, but it retains this feeling of space. Do you know, do you know? I think that's quite interesting because obviously I've had open shelves for ages. Me too. And I'm always I telling do... everybody to have open shelves. Well, and I stand by that. Okay. But I do like a bit of reeded glass. The problem is, again, you know, we talk about the small UK bathroom. We also have small kitchens in modern new build houses in the UK. And if you put a whole load of wall cabinets on, they make the room look smaller, even if you paint them the same colour as the wall and do what you can. So that's why open shelves came into popularity. And I think, you know, glass doors, it does the same thing. Not clear, because then you can see the mess behind them. Mm, so keeps the dust yeah. off, sort of blurs what's going on behind, but it does look nice. Yeah, and I like the idea in a more modern kitchen, this could be a mesh or a punctured steel. There's lots and lots of different things you can use and then backlight them or something like Ooh, that. So you fancy. Get that. Oh, no, get so are you going to do that when you do your kitchen? Are you wall cabineting or not? Or are you pretending not to have decided? We all know you have decided. Well, I would have gone open shelving, but if I'm honest, so this is another interesting topic to discuss. So my kitchen, if we get the planning permission, if this ever happens, you know, this is all pipe dream stuff here at the moment. But if I get my dream kitchen in my dream extension, it's going to be open to the dining room and the living room. So part of me is now thinking actually it might be quite nice to have things tidied away in a cabinet. Well, there's two than... schools of thought, aren't there? Because mm. there's the having it on open shelves makes it look less like a kitchen, more like a room with maybe nice yeah. things arranged on shelves. But again, as you say, there's maybe it's tidier if it's all behind cupboards. So I think it depends. 
if you've got, you know, lovely crockery and collections of stuff you can put on open shelves so that you can keep your magic mix in a cupboard, then you can do it that way. But if you've got a lot of stuff that needs storing, then and it's not all beautiful, then maybe you do need cupboards if you're considering the room it looks onto. With reeded glass, no less. Well, picking up on another trend that Basola's reported back to us, she talks about freestanding pieces. She says there's a continuing move to make kitchens less kitcheny. It's part of the same, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. This follows on from our point. And part of this is the deconstruction of the traditional fitted kitchen. So we're seeing more standalone cupboards rather than fitted units and freestanding islands, which are more designed like tables yeah. rather than a monolithic block. The idea is that the kitchen looks like a room that you just so happen to cook in. This, for me, was game-changing because I'm planning on having a really huge island in this dream kitchen because it's so open plan, there are no walls to put cabinets against. Yeah. So I'm going to need like three metres long we're planning on this island. And then, I, and then you know, and Tom, my husband's like, God, that's just going to be such a huge lump. But well, this thought, is it. If we yeah. raise it up yeah. off the floor. That's my that's current dream. nice. But of course, you might lose that little bit of storage, mightn't you? So you've got to think about where, you know, make it a bit longer if you're losing storage by having it on legs. So one of the other things Basola mentioned, which we've talked about a bit before, is pantries. She says... Every kitchen brand I speak to say a walk-in pantry is now almost always on top of a customer's wish list. And if space is an issue, then large pantry cupboards complete with a breakfast bar where you can put the toaster, the kettle or hot water taps are now more popular, but all that kind of breakfast stuff. And even maybe a mini sink is the sort of second choice. And I think pantries are the new ensuite. You know, I think Ooh. years ago... Headline. Headline. Years ago, an ensuite bathroom was on everybody's wish list, wasn't it? It was a thing that, you know, Americans had and we didn't have enough space in our houses in this country. And, you know, more and more people expected more than one bathroom. And now it's kind of the norm. If you're house hunting for a, you know, family of four or more, you hope there will be either a second loo or an ensuite. And we've all kind of got used to that now. So it doesn't surprise us. You know, we still want it if we can have it. But it's, it's a sort of fairly standard requirement. And I think pantry is the new thing. That's the new thing. Again, want. it's so retro, isn't it? It's yeah. like my pink loo and basin. Yeah. <laughs> but I also read, houses. Um, I think we touched on this earlier in actually in the last series when we were talking about post-pandemic design. There's that notion that if you have a pantry or a place to store food, you don't have to go to the shops as much. And that kind of plays into that we may be staying at home more or we're getting better at planning meals so we're less wasteful. Yes. So I would, I mean, I've, well, have I got a pantry? I've got You've a You've got a little pantry. I yeah. have. I mean, it's the difference between a pantry and a larder, isn't it? And I'm still not entirely well, what clear. what is the difference? Well, what is the difference? Is it, I see, think, I think of a larder as food only. Yeah. And I'd say a pantry, does that start stepping into utility room? territory? Well, possibly. You see, I think of a larder as fresh food. So I think of a larder as being a cool space. My grandmother had a larder and it was on a corner of the kitchen and it had two outside walls and a marble shelf. And they had like mesh doors to keep the flies out. Well, she had, it had a solid door, but the point was she would put, you know, the leftover Sunday roast would go in there. It didn't need to go in the fridge or she would keep cheese in there because it was much cooler. Whereas I tend to think, and, you know, do let me know if I'm wrong, that pantries might be more for tinned goods. I'm giggling. I'm Googling. You're giggling it. Pantry 
versus larder. Is this a live Google yeah, for and the utilities, podcast? Utilities, your pantry is a room where food provisions, dishes or linens, ah, that's the addition, isn't oh, it, are stored it? and served in an auxiliary capacity to the kitchen. A larder is a cool area for storing food prior to use. Meat and game go. would be hanged and food preparation before cooking was done in a larder. Thank you, There Google. you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm with Basola on that. I think pantries are great. And then the other trend she mentioned was deeply veined stone. She says, oh. forget your classic white marble look. Sorry about this, Kate Watson-Smythe, with your beautiful marble worktop. She says, striking veins, whether on real marble or quartz, is making a big appearance on worktops and islands at the moment. It's all about making that striking impact. Do you know what, oh, though? I'm I, up for that. I'm I up am for striking so impact. up for that. And I look at it and you see those really strong... And I was... We could have had that. Our worktop is actually Caesar stone, so it's a resin. And they did have one which had a much stronger pattern. And I did that classic thing. I was a bit frightened of, you know, is it going to be too much? So I went mm. for a much more subtle sort of classic marble look. And now I look at that deep vein stripe and I just think, Whoa, I need a new kitchen. I need a kitchen with an island on legs. I need some deep vein stone. I want my pantry bigger. I need a bit of fluted glass. This is a nightmare. I now need a whole new kitchen and maybe I'll just paint it inky blue. That'll be the classic bit because everything else is going to be really impacting. Well, Zoe from WA Green. WA Green is an amazing online homeware store. She does loads of brilliant, colourful homewares. And I was chatting to her and she's up for doing a kitchen redesign at the moment. And she's trying to get through a really rich emerald green veiny marble. Wow. Past her husband and she wants to wrap the whole island in it. <gasps> and I just thought this is amazing. She's been vetoed by the husband at the moment. Um, but I think we should all send her messages of support <laughs> to try and get this kitchen done just so we can all lust over it. Yeah. I just thought that sounded so exotic and fabulous. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, again, I'm stealing your line now, but I'm not going to try and pass it off as my own on this occasion. Oh, for once. Um, <laughs> it's that, you know, you made that point, you've made it more than once, that you decorate your kitchens and your bathrooms, they're still part of your house. So from Zoe's point of view, you know, if she's got emerald green or bold colours elsewhere in her house, it makes complete sense to bring that through into the kitchen. So should... Tom, be listening. If there's pink in the rest of your house, mate, you know, yeah, you're closing the far, door after the horse has bolted. The pink <laughs> has now got to come through into the kitchen. If you didn't want it, you needed to put your foot down about three rooms ago. And now you've blown it, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my key point. Oh. It is, it's got to fit in the rest of your house. And as you've sort of said yourself or admitted... Don't chicken out on making a yeah. bold choice. If you feel it in your heart and you really want it, it means it probably means it's right for you and you'll only feel a little bit disappointed later and on you down know, the road. It seems to me that every single time about six months later, when you've got used to the sensible decision, you go, oh, I wish I'd just pushed it. If there's a little bit of you that that really feels you're in love with something, then, you know, sit with it for a bit before you buy, but don't just go back and buy the sensible one because I think you always regret it. You always wish you'd been a little bit bolder. And I think it's really pertinent to kitchens because I know, you know, we know that there are a lot of money, there are a lot of investment. But I think because of that, shouldn't you really go for something you truly, truly love rather than the grey shaker? And now 
for our regular style surgery. Last time we were chatting about ways to bring character to a new build home and just before we go to this week's question I wanted to share a tip I spotted on the Facebook group. Louise Williams posted saying she was struggling to find visual inspiration on Pinterest to help her inject character into her new build. And Laura Roder suggested, just look at the American blogs. Basically all American houses are new build and apartment therapy has tons of new build home tour contact. That's a really good tip, isn't it? Thanks for that, Laura. Now for today's question. Hello, this is Vanessa in the Netherlands. Thank you for your fabulous podcast. Thank you for contributing to making the world a better place. And thank you for contributing to making so many homes happier and more beautiful spaces to live in. I have a question about using high gloss paint on the walls and ceiling in my sitting room. So I'm looking at all these beautiful colors online and I'm also seeing beautiful images online of sitting rooms with colorful, shimmery, full gloss walls full gloss ceilings. And I must admit, I'm enticed. It makes me happy, brings a smile to my face. And I don't normally like this lacquered look, but something about it has me curious. So in our sitting room, we have a deep orange velvet sofa that we adore. We're looking at blues for the walls and I want it to be happy, but I don't want it to be circusy or look like a theater set. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Well, I'm I am here for that. Yes, me oh, too. Yes. Glossy walls, isn't that? I She's mean, just selling it to me. Let's just start with, you know, we both get asked this a lot about what paint for what wall. So before we get into breaking the rules, the guidelines are that gloss used to be just for woodwork. It's very tough, it's very hard wearing, and you would have an eggshell if you didn't want something as glossy and an emulsion, a mat for the walls. But times are changing, people are changing their opinions. You know, gloss is a pain to paint with and it takes ages to dry, but it can really be worth it because it does look like lacquer, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Actually, we were going to do it in my son's bedroom, funnily enough. Um, He'd got this very strong red on the walls, which he chose, and then a pale blue on the ceiling. And we had it freshly plastered and sanded within an inch of its life. And then I actually just chickened out the last minute. I didn't think it was right because which I I don't know whether I should have done. But my thought process behind it was when you use a gloss finish, and this is water-based gloss as well we're talking about, you can still, I think trades can still buy oil-based gloss, but in the domestic market, you're very much looking at water-based gloss paint. So it's not as hard to use as it traditionally has been, and it's quicker drying as well than an oil gloss. Um, Is It bounces light back into the room. It's actually Nina Campbell. I learnt it from her. Her home in Notting Hill is quite compact and doesn't have an awful lot of daylight in some of the rooms. So she's painted all her ceilings in a very, very, very high gloss finish to bounce the light back into the room. So that's a really clever. I was going to make that tip if you're a bit nervous about that. Well, no, I was going to say if you're nervous (laughs) about gloss walls for Vanessa, she could do a gloss ceiling. And when we went to Michelle Gunderhin's house, she's done her ceilings either in gloss or in eggshell, I think, depending on the room, so that there is a bit more of a sheen to bounce the light around. I mean, I can appreciate you might feel nervous doing it on the walls, 
But, I mean, I think it would look fantastic. I'm not getting circus. I'm seeing, what was it, orange velvet sofa and sort of navy blue gloss yeah, walls I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm ceiling. imagining this is a dark inky colour I think it has velvet. to be a dark inky colour. Imagine if you put wall sconces with that, how they would completely, you know, if you could flash some light against that yeah. dark, glossy, inky wall, it would just look dazzling. I have seen it done in a bedroom with a very dark, inky navy where actually they used a matte finish uh, emulsion on the walls and then a gloss on the ceiling but continued the same colour over that's and the other that thing that really works effective. really well same yeah. colour but use matte paint and gloss paint and I've seen that done and this is actually really practical in a hall I think Farrow and Ball have got a picture where the bottom half of the hall is done in navy blue gloss and the top half is again the same colour but in a matte and you know gloss paint is much more practical for a hall because if you've got bikes and bags and kids and all that kind of knocking at it then gloss paint is much tougher I think Vanessa might feel if she were to have gloss walls and a gloss ceiling, it might all be a bit much. So, yes, that might same colour. Yes, that might get a bit nightclub. Yeah, mix the textures, but keep it the same colour. Go dark with this. I mean, I'm really hoping yeah. you're visualising quite a dark, inky navy. I know Kate and I certainly are. And in terms of trying to visualise what that would look like, I think this is where it can really help looking at Pinterest accounts is Abigail Hearn is someone who's popping to mind, especially who does this wraparound inky look in a home. She's got videos, she's got blog posts, she's um, on Pinterest. So you can really kind of get an impression of what wrapping a whole room round in a dark colour can look like. But I think coupled with the velvet, coupled with the gloss would just look absolutely sensational. You'll have to send us pictures on our Facebook page, Vanessa. Yeah, we need to see. So keep those star surgery questions coming. The design doctors are in the house and all you have to do is email us on thegreatindoorspod at gmail.com. And of course, do check out the blogs, which will have lots more information about everything we've discussed today. I'm madaboutthehouse.com and she's sophierobinson.co.uk. And if you can spare a second to give us a review on the podcast app, please do. It will be so much appreciated by our producer, Kate Taylor, who's a bit obsessed at the moment with repeatedly checking for nice reviews. <laughs> well, we always give her nice reviews. Thank you, producer Kate Taylor of Feast Collective. And thanks also to our brilliant sponsors, Neptune. And of course, thank you to you, our excellent listeners. And we'll see you in the great indoors. Did we get it all? Should we turn the record off?